Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, February 22nd, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And this is a big day in the Dallas area. It's a Monday. It's a new week. You've got power and water. There's going to be NBA basketball right down the street. Uh, you must be feeling good here on this Dallas Mavericks Monday. I'll tell you what a difference a week makes. Unbelievable. It really, uh, you know, the whole, as it's been well broadcast on all the news, it has been the craziest week that I can remember since I moved here 20 years ago. Uh, unreal. But uh, one thing I've learned for sure is don't take for granted the power, the electricity, the heat, the water. I mean, wow, it is crazy when you don't have any of those things. And now today, Andrew, it is like 58 degrees and sunny out, people are out in shorts and t-shirts. So Incredible. that's Texas. Well, you guys deserve <laughs> it. And it's similar to all of us with NBA in the last year. You know, we can't take it for granted. Lost no. it for quite a while, but we've got it back now. And season's been progressing pretty smoothly. We had some cancellations, but chugging along and uh, very thankful for that and excited for this week of DFS. So let's get started here. We've got a six-game slate tonight. Four of the 12 teams involved in a back-to-back, and only one game over that 2.30, that magical mark on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. And hope you enjoy the new look today on YouTube. We've got the tremendous offer scrolling across the bottom, so be sure to jump on that. You're going to uh, deposit $199 at betus.com.pa and get a, a $149. It's even go. better. I was going to say, discount time. And you get three months of a free membership with us at DFSCoachTalk.com, where you get all of our lineups for every slate. We cover every NBA slate, of course. Major League Baseball coming up. PGA is going well for us. So jump in with us. Once you make that deposit, just let us know that you've done that on Twitter. You can find us at DFSCoachTalk. And, and don't forget, you, you bet that 149 on BetUS. Try to build a bankroll there. And you get us for free. I mean, it is a sweetheart deal. We'd love to have you join us. We have the best Discord as far as our members in the industry. They're awesome. That's right. All right, so game one, we've got Chicago against Houston. It's the only 8 o'clock tip. Later start tonight for the slate, which is nice. Yeah. And we've got Chicago as the one-point favorites over under 227. And the news here on the Houston side, P.J. Tucker probable to get back in the lineup. Oladipo is out, and then Cousins is questionable with the heel. And man, it's been an interesting last few days for Cousins and the Rockets, hasn't it, Coach? It's bizarre, man. I I don't think it's a heel. I think it's a boot, a boot in the ass that they're trying <laughs> to get him out of town. I I don't know what the deal is, but it seems very unusual that an organization would announce or would come out that they're looking to go young. They're going to get away from Cousins. And then all of a sudden, he's still there and questionable to play. So somebody's got their wires crossed. Uh, you know, the Houston dumpster fire continues, in my opinion. Uh, don't understand even the trade with Harden that they didn't land Lavert in that deal. Uh, I still can't figure it out. But it is what it is. I certainly wouldn't recommend uh, Cousins uh, in this odd situation here. Uh, definitely don't want to take that risk. And if he does play... You can't imagine he's going to have much of a role or much motivation uh, as well. A um, couple of things I wanted to mention real quick, Andrew, uh, that I, I looked at this weekend. And I decided to get back to some of the roots of, of uh, 
a little bit more focus on in preparation on really diving deep like I, I always have, but even more so at basketball-reference.com. That if you haven't gone there and you're preparing for any DFS uh, slate, as, as Andrew knows well and everybody on our, our Coach Talk team, basketball-reference.com is incredible. The advanced stats, you can look up everything, you know, defensively, offensively, who's on the floor, usage, you name it. And what, I, what I'm doing now is a little bit deeper dive, and I decided I'm going to add sort of the point of each game that I'm digging in my uh, reference basketball reference stuff, and I'm going to mention it on these podcasts. Instead of DRPM, I want to shift to that a little bit uh, for right now because, uh, you know, I think it can give us an edge, and it only is one or two guys, you know, that we know out of our eight that can make or break a slate for you. So hopefully with these new uh, this new uh, approach, it'll help us uh, uh, get a little bit stronger. So uh, as you said, this, this game, it's only a one-point spread, so it should be a close game. Chicago's certainly been playing better basketball. Levine's been out of his mind. Um, defensive efficiency-wise, the Bulls are 20th. Houston is 4th. And that's pretty much the only reason they've been winning some games is they are defending. The thing that's, that's really interesting here, even though it's a sub-230 game, they're the third and fourth best pace in the league, Houston third and Chicago fourth. So you know there's going to be possessions. You know they're going to get up and down. And it's going to create, uh, you know, I think some extra DFS points. And that's certainly something that we're looking for. Um what I wanted to mention, too, is uh, as far as minutes played for the season, uh, Levine has been uh, hovering right around 8th, 7th, 8th. He's been rotating, so he's getting a ton of minutes. Uh, he's having an all-star season without question. But, you know, as far as, like, some of these stars, their minutes, even a Luka, for example, uh, you know, he's such a great play, but his price is so high, and he's in the 30s in minutes played, which really makes you a little nervous. But when you have a Levine, his price is high, not as high as Luca, obviously, but you know, you know you're going to get that top 10 minutes in the league uh, representation. So that stood out to me. And I think Levine's a great play here. Uh, Oladipo is by far the best perimeter defender for Houston, and he gives Levine trouble. He's not playing. So uh, Levine's had a lot of things fall his way. I think this is a perfect example where, you know, this has fall, you know, fallen his way again. So I love Levine. Uh, I think that, you know, you can, you, you got to dig in a little bit as far as any bigs for Houston here. I, I think P.J. Tucker will play, but, you know, there's going to be a rotation of some guys if Cousins is out or, or limited uh, that you have to start looking at, at some of the guys there. But I don't want to dig too deep and recommend anybody that, you know, on a, on a nice six-game slate that's going to get 15 DFS points. So, you know, you can look there, but I'm not going to go there with any Houston bigs at this moment. I'm going to stick with um, the possibility of John Wall. He His possessions have, have, are so much higher, his usage with Oladipo out. I think he is certainly the, the best play on the Houston side. His price is okay, a little high, but not too bad. And I don't even want to mess around Chicago-wise. I love Levine. He's definitely a guy that uh, is going to be probably the number one pay-up guy for me uh, on this slate. 
But the other guy that I want to mention here, and I'm interested on your take, Andrew, is I sort of like Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, with the depleted Houston front line. I think uh, I, you know, I saw some signs of when he came back here a couple of games ago that he really was explosive and playing well. Now, the concern is, is he going to get enough minutes played and you know enough usage when he's in there? I'll tell you, you know, he may be a cheap center uh, that that's really going to pay pay off because some of these other centers I think are overpriced for what they're going to produce. So I'll take a look there, and I'll definitely have, you know, good two guys from this game representation. So what do you think? Well, I'm with you that Levine is one of my favorite pay-up guys on this slate. Um, he was excellent against Houston, first time out, 50 fantasy points, and that's what he's been doing regularly here with those big minutes. I mean, he's been terrific. I love watching his game. I mean, he can get his own shot with the step back now. And obviously, getting to the rim, he's as explosive as anybody in the NBA. So, love watching him, love rostering him. Uh, he's he's my favorite pay-up guy here. With uh, Wendell Carter Jr., I mean, the concerns you mentioned, I have those as well, in terms of enough minutes, enough shots, enough usage, because he's really a, a secondary or third option with this offense that really runs through those guards. So, I don't think I'll go there. Um one other value play I might look at with Chicago would be Temple. You know, 4K range on both sites makes things work. He's been getting 30 minutes as a starter with all these guys out like Porter. So he's playable for me. Uh, on the Houston side, I also like Wall here. Uh, we, we certainly like to target guards against Chicago. Uh, with Oladipo out, you know, great bump in usage for him. With Cousins, I look at him a little bit differently. Uh, I am I, I am interested in him. I'm hoping he plays. Um, this heel issue is it is a concern, but I think he's you know going to be motivated here, and I think Houston's going to be motivated to play him more minutes to try to showcase, hey, this guy is legit, and we've been playing him 24 minutes, and he hasn't been doing that much. But if we play him 36, like we did, we played him 37 minutes against Philly this weekend. He had 19, 8, and 4. I mean, if you know, if you get Cousins playing big minutes and he's motivated at 6,400 on both sites, he can smash that value. So it it feels a little risky with the heel and not quite knowing what his mentality is going to be. But if he's a full go, I am interested in playing him because that's another thing we've done is we've targeted Chicago with bigs. Right. Uh, everybody else, uh, we'll see if Tucker starts. Then then House, I think. Will likely go back to the bench, assuming Cousins is playing. So House's value takes a bit of a hit. Gordon is okay on a FanDuel at 5,300. A little bit expensive for me on, on DraftKings at 63. But overall, I'm looking at Levine, Wall, and, and Cousins. Um, and I, you know, I would like to get a decent amount of exposure to this one. Don't be surprised if Houston plays small ball right. and they go back to just no center. I mean, I I think that's probably what they're going to do, but we will see. Yeah, if Cousins is out, then I, I agree. It could be Tucker and House as the as the bigs, so to speak. Yeah, uh, D'Antoni sneak back into town or what? I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, game two. Is that one down in your neck of the woods? Memphis in Dallas, an 830 tip, and this is the highest total on the board. 232, Dallas favored by five. Interesting spot here. 
with Dallas. They haven't played in eight days because of everything that's been going on down there. And you know, it's an interesting kind of dynamic with that long layoff for Dallas, highest total on the board. And the thing that's great about this matchup is that th- this is the only one on the slate where both teams are uh, bottom half defensively. Memphis 18th, Dallas 27th. So, Can you believe Dallas? This is the truth. They're below Brooklyn and Washington. That hurts. Brooklyn and Washington are 25-26. That is sad. <laughs> that is sad to be below Washington defensively for any team. So, Jeez. Um, Front end. So with all that being said, it's also the front end of a back-to-back for Dallas. So we'll see how Carlisle manages this. You know, you can give us some feedback on that. But with this high total, I'm unfortunately not thrilled about a lot of these prices or the actual situation in terms of getting guys into the lineup because your your favorite perimeter guys there are great at defending the opposing opposing point guard. So Jaw is in a tough spot, you know, dealing with Richardson, DFS. Uh, Joe Val is playable, I think, uh, mid-7K on, on both sides. He's probably my favorite Grizzly to look at. And then with uh, Dylan Brooks out, I think we'll go back to that starting lineup we saw a couple games ago with Grayson Allen, Slow-Mo, Clark. Uh, those guys sat out the last one. It was second second night of a back-to-back. So Grayson Allen is playable for me, especially on FanDuel. Nice price for a shooting guard at 4700 Melton is playable for me as a point guard on FanDuel, only 4100 A little bit expensive on DraftKings. On the Dallas side, uh, Porzingis is a guy that I'm looking at, uh, especially on FanDuel, where there's... A uh, bit of a need at power forward, I think. 7800 I'm willing to pay that. Luca, wow, is he expensive. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't really spent enough time with the builds to decide on Luca. Um the the other guys that I think are worth mentioning are Brunson and, and THJ, because they're both in the 4K range and they've been getting consistent minutes off the bench. You know, in that last stretch of games. Uh, Carlisle was really shortening the rotation a bit, more like an eight-man rotation. But how do you think it's going to play out here after the long layoff on the front end of a back-to-back? Well, I I think the Mavs are going to be pretty highly owned tonight. I think this game, you know, with the highest total, uh, you know, I think it's going to get a lot of play, a lot of ownership. And just because the Mavs have an eight-day respite here, I'm not convinced that Carlisle blasts his top five or six guys, big minutes. I really not. In the past, when they've had a two or three day respite, it's generally he wants to get everybody a little run, get them, you know, get them in the flow, get a rotation going, uh, you know, just get get some people minutes. So I think it actually works in reverse a little bit here in the fact that he's going to try to get, uh, I think, you know, maybe nine, 10 guys in this game. The second piece of it is, I watched Memphis's last game without Brooks, and they're just completely not the same team. Uh, Brooks is not their best player by far. Jaw's better. Joe Valley and Clark's even better. But he is the heart and soul of that team. It starts and ends with him defensively. He would be the one that would have uh, garnered assignment on Luka. He's also just the motivating factor that, you know, uh, you talk about a guy with not a ton of skill, 
It just outplays his his weaknesses, and it's Dylan Brooks. I really admire him for that. But I think that really punches a hole in Memphis a little bit. Um, they're not as well-rested, for sure. They've been playing because uh, they're catching up games from when they were out for COVID. So I think they come in here just, you know, a little hobbling because they don't have Dylan. They've played some games. They run into a, a fresh Dallas team that's going to throw a lot of guys at them. And even though it's a five-point spread, I think Dallas, uh, you know, hands it to them a little bit here. So there's my first prop play. I like the Mavs today, and I normally don't uh, play the Mavs, but I think that they're just in a great spot here. So what that does for me DFS-wise is I'm not going to go Luka uh, for the statistic that I mentioned before that I pulled. You know, if he's in a, only in the 30s in minutes played and he's supposedly one of the top five players in the league and you're paying those enormous prices, you need every second on the floor that you can get for him to smash. I mean, I know he's smashed before, but at that number – you know, the efficiency standpoint, he's almost going to have to be like 1.8 fantasy points per minute, which is, you know, the only guy that's ever done that really is Giannis. So I don't I don't think it's realistic to pay up there. I do like the fact that he doesn't have to face Brooks defense, but it's just too high of a price, in my opinion. I think Porzingis is probably a better play uh, because, you know, Clark is uh reasonable enough as far as athletic to get out there and guard Porzingis if he goes that way. I think you'll see Kleba and and uh, Joe Val matching up. But, um, you know, I think Porzingis' price is a little high. I think he can have a really good game here. Um, but remember, Carlisle on a first night of a back-to-back, and it's going to be a three-games-in-four-days scenario, uh, he's not going to—I don't see him playing any of these guys 38, 40 minutes. It's just not in his DNA. So— I do like Porzingis somewhat. I don't really like the ancillary guys for the Mavs. But on Memphis's side, I definitely like Joe Val here. I think as long as the game stays close enough, uh, I think that he just, you know, we've had so much trouble, the Mavericks I speak of, of guarding in, inside the paint. I mean, again, the Mavs are 27th. They, they are lower than some of the worst defenders in the league. And a lot of that is in the paint. Uh, giving up points in the paint are just completely ridiculous. So I think also the guy that you can look at is Brandon Clark. He's back. He sat a game, uh, you know, to get healthy. So he's fresh. So, you know, I may go as much as I like the Mavs. I think they're going to do well tonight. Um, And I'm probably not going to roster any of them except Porzingis if I go there. Uh, but I do like the two bigs for Memphis. I, I think that uh, Joe Val and Clark are very much in play. Whether I go with both or not is is the decision I have to make. I think Jay Rich will hold down Morant enough uh, to have him at his price, which is tempting, uh, you know, maybe slow him down a little bit. So that's how I see this one playing out. Excellent. All right, well, let's move to game three. We've got three games at 9 o'clock Eastern. The first one we're going to break down, Miami against OKC. And the Heat are six-point favorites here on the road. Only a a, a 211.5 total. We've got Dragic out for Miami. Vincent probable. And then Hero questionable. And we've got Horford doubtful on the OKC side here as it is a back-to-back. What do you have here, Coach? 
You know, I wanted to try to go to a few guys in this game, but the more I dug in and, you know, looked at statistically here, uh, you know, you've got Oklahoma City on the second night of a back-to-back. Horford being doubtful is a huge thing because that changes all of the rotation there big time. You know, if he sits and Roby starting at center, Roby becomes a, a really great play. Let's face it. I mean, the bottom line is regardless of the team he's played, when he's played mid-20s to 30 minutes with Horford out uh, at that low dollar number, he's done fantastic. So, you know, that's the guy that stands out definitely if Horford's out. Uh, I'd love to play Shea here, but, you know, especially since the, the the basketball reference stat that really jumped out to me is where Miami has struggled by far is allowing the three ball. There's third in the league worst, allowing almost 38% shooting uh, from the three-point line. And, you know, that plays into Shea's hands for sure, but he gets Butler defense, which is a, a big trump card there. So uh, I'm not going to go Shea with Butler's D, even though the three ball is open. You know, if if you can find another OKC guy that's going to drain a bunch of threes, uh, this is the spot to do it, whether it be a Diallo or, uh, you know, even maybe Baisley's been knocking down some recently, and he usually gets some stocks as well. Um, but, you know, Miami's certainly righted the ship. They're back in the playoff hunt after their terrible start and all those guys missing a ton of time with COVID. It's a six-and-a-half-point spread, but how excited can you get, you know, at a 212 uh, over-under? That's scary. And, you know, defensively, they're good. Miami's all the way up to ninth. Incredible. Uh, and Oklahoma City's 14th. They've stayed in the middle of the pack or better the whole season. So I respect that. Uh, OKC's pace is good at nine. But Miami, as we know, slows it down. You know, Butler will walk it up or Hero or none. I mean, they really get into a half-court set. And they try to run a lot through Bam at the top of the key. And just like Denver does with Joker, it takes time to set that up and, you know, swing to the wings, have Robinson come off a couple of curl screens and try to get him the ball uh, for a three. But that's all well and good, but it does eat clock. So, you know, this this is a game that uh, I want to make sure Horford is out. Hero's questionable. If Hero sits, I think you can start thinking about Nunn or Butler because that usage level comes up for both of those guys. Uh, if you want to save money and ho- and think that he can get hot here, you know, Duncan Robinson is always a guy that can make 10 threes in a game, but he's not going to get a lot of periphery numbers for you. So he is scoring dependent, but he's, he's you know, pretty inexpensive. Um, you know, the other thing is Bam here has is, is pretty expensive as well. And, you know, I respect Roby and some of their interior guys defensively. Now, if Horford's playing, you know, he's a shutdown type center still, even his age. But I think people are going to go to Bam if more than likely Horford's out. And I don't think that's the best play. I think, you know, Roby's athletic. Uh, certainly those other some of the other bigs that play the four like Baisley, they can jump out of the gym. They'll come over and, and double down. Uh, and I think they'll, they'll have a, a lot of emphasis on defending Bam here. So he's going to be a fade for me. But, uh, you know, don't love this game. I think that it's interesting depending on – uh, you know, who's sitting 
this might be the game to grab a few value plays like a Roby and none <clears throat> or something like that. So that's about all I like here. I'm not going to pay up for anybody. Yeah, I'm not going to pay up for anybody either. Uh, none is my favorite play in this game, and it's a game that I'm not too excited <clears throat> about. Um, none, you know, even if Hero plays, I've been surprised at how many minutes none has been getting. And yeah. I've rostered him some. I've been watching their games, and I've been surprised because he'll check out, and then a couple minutes later, he's at the scoring table ready to check back in. I mean, they're they've been treating him like a star who has to be on the court, getting high thirties minutes, and yeah. he's been stroking it. Um, he is a little bit dependent on that three point shot, but he's out there enough with all those minutes to pick up a couple rebounds, a few assists, maybe a steal or two, and he's in the mid five k range on both sites. So I, I like his value on this slate. I think you can be successful as a point guard against OKC. Um, Duncan Robinson, I also think is worth mentioning. He's one of those potential value guys you're talking about. 4,500 as a small forward on FanDuel. I think he's playable there. On the OKC side, Roby has been a plug-and-play for me most nights when Horford is out. But he's yeah. not. he's not at that stage for me on this slate i think he's playable but i don't love the fact that he has to deal with bam and the slow pace uh, so I, i'm not too excited about playing him and really you know I, I i'm likely to not play anybody on okc because that miami defense has really gotten themselves organized it's a back-to-back -back. Uh, shay's got a, a tough job there trying to deal with that zone and butler and all those guys who can defend he is surprisingly cheap on FanDuel at 7500 but um, just not likely to go to anybody here on OKC. I'm with you. All right, second half of the slate. We start with Portland and Phoenix, another 9 o'clock tip-off. And Phoenix favored by 6 at home, 227 total. This is a front end of a back-to-back -back for Portland. They have to go up to Denver tomorrow. And... This game stands out because it's the only one on the slate where both teams are top 10 in offensive efficiency. Portland is six, humming along with Lillard, and Phoenix, with that duo of Paul and Booker in the backcourt, they are eighth on the season. So good offenses here. Uh, slower pace, though, with Phoenix. They're 29th, and they are eighth defensively. So uh, it's going to provide a challenge for Portland that they certainly didn't have to deal with in that last game against Washington when Lillard once again was phenomenal. Do you know that he's had four straight double-doubles, averaging over 65 fantasy points per night? I mean, wow, he's just, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's one of those guys that uh, seems to be on a mission to be in that MVP conversation. And man, it's just phenomenal to watch him take those he long is. threes. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. The, this last game I was watching, if you noticed, he had a pretty bad first half. And I, I was watching it with my son. I said, Dawson, this, I think Lillard's actually finally running out of gas a little bit because he's carried the ship there. He, he had 23 points in the third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's he, that dude's a, a machine. He is a machine. It really is impressive. And emotionally, same thing. He just, you know, the all-star snubs, he just pushes it all aside and just comes out and just delivers every single night. But, yeah. you know, with the... You know, that slower pace with Phoenix, tough defense. Chris Paul, it's going to be a little bit tougher for him to hit that 65 fantasy point night. So I'm probably not going to go to him. And some of these other Portland guys have been priced up a little bit. Trent is getting to that 
that spot where it's hard to think about him actually getting more than a 6x return because uh, Lillard really just takes so many shots and, and Trent just waits on the wing to get to get the ball swung to him and sometimes it happens but oftentimes it doesn't our man Covington how about three straight games with six stocks yeah and you know that's what we were waiting for earlier in the season back when he was in the 4k range now he's up to mm-hmm. 7,000 on FanDuel so it's a lot tougher to get to him um Derek Jones Jr here's another guy who was sort of floating around not doing anything for for quite a while but he's had two really strong games in a row. He's playing 30 minutes a game. Rodney Hood has disappeared. So Derek Jones Jr. is playable at his price for me. On the Phoenix side, they're the ones here with the great matchup because Portland is 28th defensively. And this is a Chris Paul slate for me. We like to attack guards against Portland. He's in the mid-7K range. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a hard decision for me tonight because I like Paul. I like Nunn. I like Wall as point guards. And obviously on FanDuel, we can only get two of those three. Aiton's got a nice matchup against Cantor, uh, mid-6K range. Uh, this is the type of situation where you'd want to play him. It's just hard to trust. Will he get enough shots? Uh, he's playable for me. He's not my favorite center. And then I guess we should probably mention Dario Sarge since he's our thumbnail today. Uh, <laughs> 3900 on DraftKings, that's a GPP option you could go to. You know, he is getting enough minutes to, to hit value there. But for me, you know, really going to focus here on Chris Paul and maybe a secondary guy like Aiton Covington or, or Derek Jones Jr. I I like it. And yeah, I, I, this week is sort of the theme this week is we're going to put thumbnails up of guys that are unexpected, guys that are just starting to contribute and make some noise. He's actually had a few really good games, so... Uh, my, you know, how much can you look at LeBron and, and, uh, Dame and stuff every day? Right. So we're, we're going to try to shake it up a little bit, but you know, this, I like this game the least. Does that make sense? Or should I, did I say that? Is that like a triple negative? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Portland is on the first night of a back to back as well. So, you know, that doesn't help. So this is a three and four, four days, three games and four days situation for them. You know, Phoenix has got it together, man. Monty Williams is such a cool coach, and he's got them playing terrific defense. They're all the way up to eighth defensive efficiency. Um, We know Portland doesn't defend well, uh, but here's the problem I have and why I don't like this game the most is it's 17th and 29th in pace. So definitely half court, slow down, set it up, you know, work the ball around. I, I just don't feel comfortable with, uh, you know, this may be an, a good underspot as well. So I don't know. I'm gambling coach today, but the 227.5 just seems like a pretty big number to me for two teams to play as slow as they do. And, you know, Phoenix has gone just up, up, up on the defensive rankings here. And like you said, Paul checking Dame is not going to be a piece of cake for him. Um, you know, to jump on the Dame stuff, he's eighth in the league in minutes played, and it's just skyrocketing since CJ's been out. So he is getting a ton of run and is very tempting. But I respect the Phoenix defense. Phoenix is at home. They're a six-point favorite here. I think they can double Dame and make him give up the ball because really, you know, when they do that, they've gotten away with it quite a bit. Now, the guy that benefits, like you said, is Trent. And if Phoenix does double, 
Uh, I think Trent might be the guy that that really is able to to knock down some threes. So at his price, he's tempting to me if I'm going to play anybody from this game, but a very good chance that I won't. Uh, I'm still in that. I'm you know we say it probably like the hundredth time we said it, but it just seems like they're playing such good team offense that between specifically Paul Ayton and Booker, there's just so much sharing that you, you don't feel comfortable that any of them can can make six X sometimes. So, you know, and then they have other guys like Sarge that's stepping in and contributing and, you know, Bridges, et cetera, Cam Johnson. So I, I just don't, I'm, I'm not big on the Suns this whole season because of the style they're playing. It's working and it's good ball. And I, I am impressed with it, but I think it's a deterrent for DFS standards. So for me in this game, you know, maybe a value grab with Trent uh, based on what I think the defensive scheme is going to be for Phoenix. But other than that, I'm going to move on. All right. Well, the next place to look is Charlotte against Utah. Nine o'clock. We've got Utah favored by 12 at home, 228 total. And the news here, we've got Caleb Martin out for Charlotte. And Devontae Graham is doubtful. Anyone you like in this one? Well, I refuse to play the other Martin twin because <laughs> I have no clue which one is which. <laughs> so I'm not taking that chance. Um, you know, here's the problem. Utah, 12 and a half point favorite. That's a big fat spread. I think Vegas has gotten their tails handed to them by Utah in this 20 and one streak or whatever that they're inflating that number. I mean, Charlotte hasn't played bad ball. And, you know, that seems like a high number. So my concern is, you know, is this game going to blow out? Is that something that can happen here? Um, with Devontae Graham more than likely not playing, that certainly doesn't help Charlotte. Uh, one thing that's interesting, too, although Charlotte's playing so well, you know, my my uh, basketball reference grab today, Charlotte is, is second worst allowing field goal percentage from the opposing teams, allowing 46% shooting from their opponents, including 37% from three. So they're definitely winning with offense. You know, LaMelo and company, they're scoring a lot, but they're giving up a lot as well. So, you know, this might not be as bad of a game as you think. I, I'm going to have some exposure here. Uh, you know, defensively, Charlotte's 16th. So again, the fact that they're 16th because they're getting a lot of steals and activity, but they're certainly giving up a high field goal percentage, which plays right into Utah's hands because they're a really good shooting team. Uh, Utah is the second best defensive team in the league, so certainly, you know, a big reason why it's a 12 and a half point spread. Pace is 16th and 21st, so nothing to jump up and down about. But you know, in the right scenarios here, Charlotte really pushes the ball. They are much faster with LaMelo at point than when Devontae's in there. Uh, it's just a pull the stats. They're right there. So they push the ball more. Uh, there's more possessions in games uh, where he's in there big minutes. His price is ridiculous, but, you know, LaMelo is certainly somebody that you have to consider. His ownership won't be that high because of his high price. But, you know, I think he's playable here. I really do. I, I think... Uh, you know, you're going to have a guy that can get a 50-burger for you easy um, in a game like this where he's going to get big minutes if it stays close. Also, Terry Rozier, man, did you see that last game where he hit the game winner? Right. I mean, Clutch. 
oh my gosh, is he playing? I mean, not only is he hitting all the big shots, he's uh, a defensive shutdown guy uh, and just, you know, really seems to be uh, taking over that team as as a leader, even with Hayward and LaMelo and all those guys. So, you know, Rozier's always a consideration as well. Um, not comfortable, obviously, with anybody that's the bigs from Charlotte, not with uh, Gobert defense. And, you know, I, don't, I know Zeller's played okay, but he's not getting enough minutes really to be in play for me with just 20-some or low 20s. Um, on the Utah side, again, you know, their shooters come into play here. Uh, there's no denying Mitchell can be extremely explosive. Um, he will get Rozier defense, though. So that is my only, you know, flashing red light there is, you know, do you want to pay up for Mitchell uh, in that type of situation? So for me, you know, I, I think I'd like to look at maybe Gobert in this game. I think he's a sleeper guy. Uh, at a price that's still decent enough for me. Uh, he could grab a ton of rebounds. And I'll tell you, Snyder, when the game's close enough, you know, even if it's within 14, 15, he plays his guys. They they get minutes. They, they're not, you know, 20 and 1 or whatever they are uh, in their last 21 uh, by playing a real deep bench. They're using their guys and winning games. So, you know, I'd consider Gobert. I'd consider Bogdanovich. You talk about a three-point shooter, give him some space. He can definitely fill it up. And, you know, the soft spot I have for, for Clarkson, I think, you know, again, LaMelo's not defending well, and I don't think that he'll get Rozier defense because Rozier will be focused on Mitchell. Uh, so, you know, I think that there's a lot of guards in play in this game that will probably go very under-owned. Uh, all all around. People are starting to avoid Utah games uh, thinking they're just going to shut everybody down and it's going to be a blowout. But, you know, in this instance, I think there's some some strong plays here that you can get at 5 6% ownership and feel really good about it. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. The dynamic with Utah that you're kind of touching on there is you see that number two defense and you think, you know, shut down, not many fantasy points to be had. They only have the 21st pace, but let's not forget they have the number three ranked offense. So they get it done. They hit a lot of threes. They're so efficient that you end up getting a decent amount of points, and that's why you've got the 228 total here, which yep. is you know sticker shock a little bit for me still with these teams. It seems a little bit high. Um, I'm not I'm not that interested in this one. Um, you know, Rogier, the way he's playing, 7300 on FanDuel, I think is a decent price. Um, not really thrilled about anybody else on Charlotte, though, because of those matchups, uh, you know, with, with Utah. And then with Utah, Conley had 25 minutes in the last game, so he's back now getting big minutes, and that takes away from Mitchell, Clarkson, Ingles. So they, they, be, they all become uh, more difficult for me to play. And we've got the Rozier defense. Um, so I, I'm just not really looking to play any of those guys tonight. O Royce O'Neal is a value guy that you could look at to fill out a roster mid-4K range on both sites. And he's uh, you know reliable with some of the stats like rebounding. I love watching him. He'll go aggressively get rebounds, which really adds up over time in DFS instead of some of these guys who just kind of shy away from that rebound and they, and they don't go get it, he gets it. 
and his scoring is inconsistent. Uh, that that's the problem. But you know they've been playing tougher teams like the Clippers, so he's a guy that you could go to for value. But I'm uh, you know just more likely to spend a little bit more in that Portland Phoenix game and uh, not have as many roster spots available for this one. And and I I think that that's going to be the trend in the industry. I will I do want to make one point because I forgot to mention it. And I'm I'm thank you for bringing it up. If Conley gets a 25 to 32 minute run, which I expect in this game, the efficiency for Gobert with Conley on the floor goes way up. He finds him a lot better. The lobs, you know, it it creates a different entity when Conley has to be guarded. They got their best defender on Mitchell. It really opens up things for Gobert. Also. Mitchell's usage slightly goes down with Connolly on the floor. Not that much, though. And his efficiency goes way up because Connolly's setting him up. You know, the guy that suffers the most is Clarkson on that usage uh, uh, piece. But, you know, I wouldn't steer from uh, the other two guys, you know, Gobert and Mitchell, uh, with Connolly getting extra minutes because I think it actually helps. Yeah, I, I like the point on Gobert especially. Uh, with those lobs because we talked on a recent show about his offense and he just doesn't get many field goal attempts sometimes because guys don't find him for the lobs even though you're watching the game and you see he's he's open Conley's much better at finding that opportunity and getting it to go bare yeah all right last game of the night we've got the Wizards and the Lakers in Staples Center the Wizards are going to be there two nights in a row tomorrow they'll face the Clippers and uh in this one we've got the Lakers as seven point favorites 226 total and the news here we've got ish smith out now for an extended period of time for the wizards and on the lakers side we've got kuzma and markeith probable schroeder continues to be out now with this one um you know interesting because westbrook uh i don't think i'm going to get there with his expensive salary with these other point guards i've mentioned beal expensive again he's certainly playable uh, I, I think I do lean Zach Levine a little bit on this slate if I'm going to pay up at shooting guard. Uh, Washington is a team that kind of shortened their rotation here recently. Uh, you saw that in that game against Portland. And you saw that the starters you know, didn't mean too much with Mo Wagner and Matthews. They're kind of just placeholders. And then they really didn't get many minutes. They kind of just held down the fort uh, for guys like Bertans and, and Lopez and Neto. Uh, so th- those are the guys I'm looking at or would consider. Lopez got 28 minutes off the bench last last game. He's a, a real value option for me on this slate at center because he gets to go up uh, against Harrell, who is not a shutdown defender. Bertans is a really boomer bust option here, but he's finally getting big minutes. Uh, if he's hitting his threes, 4500 on FanDuel is a nice price that I like. On the Lakers side, you know, good opportunity for usage with Schroeder out and AD out. So LeBron is in play. Uh, Going to have to play with that a little bit more to see if I can get him in the lineup. Um, Kuzma ha- has stepped up a little bit here. 5700 as a FanDuel power forward is, is playable for me. And then all these other guys, we gotta we gotta evaluate because with Schroeder out, we've had you know Wesley Matthews and KCP starting and getting 30 minutes. And both of those guys are kind of hard for me to play, especially Wesley Matthews. I just think 
you know, he's sort of on the, the downturn with the injuries he's dealt with and the age. He, he can hit value, though, with over 30 minutes. Uh, I, I trust KCP a little bit more with those minutes. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. And then you've got Caruso and, and THT in the mix, getting 20-plus minutes, getting opportunities. Caruso hasn't done much lately. THT is a little bit more involved offensively when he's out there. So those four guys are going to be, uh, you know, players that I'm looking at here throughout the day, figuring out if I might get one of them in as a value play on this slate. Yeah, this game is so interesting. And and I'm going to, I need your help on this one to help. Let's talk this one through because I think this is the swing game. It's going to get a lot of, uh, ownership and it's the late game it's an hour later than any other game so you know the guys you roster here you're gonna have to keep pretty much uh it's lakers by seven so my first question and i'll, I'll put all this together and then you can help me figure this out the lakers are favored by seven so you know not bad but it could you know is does it possibly blow out i don't know we know the lakers uh have really played a uh downturn since davis went out not nearly as good the 227 number is decent you know defensively we know washington is bad they're 25th although they moved past the mavericks for the record again (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, lakers are first they remain first and here's the thing washington's first in pace so we this game you know it, it reeks of extra possessions and since the lakers since ad went down they're 20th in pace, but that's actually up a few spots because they don't have those ISO, let's post up AD, spread the floor out, get it to him on the side. And, you know, it takes them like 10 seconds to turn, either go up and under, hit that fade away. And so they're playing a little faster. And that makes me excited for this game. But here's a couple of stats that that also are interesting. Um Washington, and we're talking about, like, by a ton, is the worst defending the backcourt. Almost, not quite as bad, but almost like Cleveland Cavaliers' backcourt defense from last year. Uh, Right now, uh, Westbrook is dead last in his position defensively. Beal is fifth from, from last. So combine them, and you've got mega the worst defensive backcourt. But as you stated, and that's what, you know, I, I want to, you to help me break down here. Who the heck's going to get all those minutes in the backcourt? Because if, if LeBron is going to be playing mostly guard or point guard in this game, um, you know, and I think he's the guy. And that's, you know, if you've noticed, I haven't really paid up for anybody else since Levine because I really am looking at LeBron here. I think, you know, he's, if the game stays close enough, so that's the first question, will this game stay close enough that he can get, a full 35, 37-minute run. Uh, LeBron is also ninth in the league overall in any position defensively. That's how well he's defending this year. And my second question is, Is do you think he'll guard Beal? Because that's the other decision I, I can't quite put my finger on. And do you see this as a game that you know is going to uh, be the pace that I'm thinking that it's going to be. So lots of stuff. What do you think? Well, yeah, lo- lo- a lot of interesting topics there. Really fascinating ge- game. I agree. Um, so 
one thing is I agree with you on LeBron. I think it's a terrific matchup for him, you know, because he is sort of the point guard. And, you know, you think about who's going to guard him. Maybe Hashimura. I mean, he's got the size uh, and, and, you know, overall strength to compete. And I don't know. He's getting foul trouble, though. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, it's it's just a funny dynamic with with LeBron being the point guard and probably not being guarded by Westbrook or Beal to take advantage of their poor defense. But I think he can dominate this game. Um, but you know, in terms of will it be a blowout? You know, the thing is, the, he just doesn't have the weapons around him. And I think the Lakers at seven point favorites that might be a little bit high. I think I hmm. would lean towards playing the Wizards here because who's going to guard Westbrook and Beal? I mean. You know Wesley Matthews and KCP are out there. I I don't think they. Can... Oh, those guys are both respectable defenders, though. That's you know, and and here's the thing. That's the question. Is the big point for me is who's LeBron going to guard? Hashimura? I think so. I think KCP gets a shot at Beal. Yeah. And but how about Westbrook against Wesley Matthews? He's going to well, eat him for lunch. I don't. Wesley's a decent defender, man. He'll take a charge. He's yeah. a little scary that way. I mean, he's. I think that's why he's getting the minutes. Um, I mean, it's, but, you know, it's also because he can spot up and shoot. And with LeBron driving, he can kick to KCP or Wesley Matthews and hit a three. So, yeah, um, I just, I, yeah, I, I like the matchup for LBJ. I like the matchup for Westbrook and Beal. So yeah. I may have to build a lineup with LeBron on one side and one of those guys on the other and assume that it will stay close. I think it will. I think... I think the Wizards will keep this one close. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I, I mean, I, I'm going to have some exposure here. Certainly don't want to blow out. And LeBron's going to be, you know, LeBron and Levine are going to anchor my team. So I, I think he's certainly the way to go. You know, I, I don't trust the, the Wizards internal guys with the rotation of uh, using multi. I mean, they're using Lopez and uh, Wagner. Wagner. And isn't Lenz, is Lenz still there? who knows where he's going to be tonight i don't even know if they he's if he's still there but they out. just <laughs> they've been using a lot of guys at the bigs there and even Hashimura played some center when they went small ball yeah he got which, big minutes you know yeah and that could happen uh on the la side i you know i've been rostering Hashimura lately because they're really focusing on getting him big minutes but i agree with you i think ultimately it's going to come down to uh, him having a, to try to check LeBron, and I don't think that's going to end well for him. So I'm not going to go there. Um, you know, I, the question on the Beal Westbrook thing, you can certainly go for one, but not both. I just, I, I'm not comfortable with either spot yet, but I do expect them both to do a, a decent job. I think for me, it's it's LeBron and see, you know, check the coach speak. This is a late game. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to roster a secondary guy in this game, like a Kuzma or someone of that nature, uh, in order to, to have that option to pivot around. Once I see the news, the matchups, there'll be some beat writer stuff talking about, uh, that before this, this 10 Eastern game. So, you know, it's definitely one to keep an eye on, you know, this, it's a perfect example of why it's awesome to be part of the coach talk family. Jump in with us on our Discord, and we'll be chattering about that all evening when we see <clears throat> matchups, when we see you know what the expectation is for minutes. We'll be able to hone in a little bit more 
on who else we can uh, put on there with LeBron and see, you know, who's going to pay. So uh, I think that it, it's a fun game. It's There's a lot of strategic uh, aspect here. I think Vogel's a much better coach than Brooks, so I, I like uh, what he's going to bring to the table there. Um, I do think Kuzma's been stepping up too, so I I may roster him for that spot, and and it may end up staying with him. I mean, he just seems to be more comfortable. I mean, I think he feels a lot of times like he's now the second option with AD out, and I think that's given him a boost of confidence. So I think he's at a reasonable price, a, a decent play here. But certainly would love to have you join us as we're going to check out all these uh, situations. If you know, Last week we launched that uh, $10 pass for a three-day uh, membership, and you can't beat it. You know, Come in, check it out, see what we're all about. I've got a couple one-on-ones scheduled with, with some of our three-day guys because I, you know, I, I love doing that, sharing sort of our philosophy, our process, you know, how we go about winning long-term. Because to us, DFS is long-term sustainability success-wise and not just hitting those decent hits and then having a big, long streak of trying to chase the big bucks. We want to, you know, you got to grind. You got to go after it. Little profits some days, bigger profits others, you know, get the long-term success going. You know, our goal is you don't reload. I mean, we've got a an incredible member, JP Wild, Jason Peter up in Canada. And, you know, he said it was fine to mention him here. So big shout out to him. But this is the truth. He he, lo- he loaded $50 on his uh, DraftKings account last February. We're almost, well, it is, it's a year. And he's never had to reload. He's still playing with that original 50 and he's built it up. I don't know if he's taken some out, but he's he's built it up to where he's been able to do that. And that's our ultimate goal here. You know, you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to be in a part of a great community and you're going to be able to have sustainable profits. So that's where we're at, man. Absolutely. Well said. I echo all of that. And thank you all for joining us here on this six game slate. Again, if you could hit the like button on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. We're bringing these podcasts to you seven days a week uh, in front of the paywall. We're going to continue with that. Any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can also follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. And Shane is at D-E-T Sports Shane. So that'll do it for today. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.